It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome to the podcast, a weekly adventure in the British countryside from BBC Country Farm magazine. I'm Fergus and I'm your host. And today we're leaving the shores of the UK completely and heading to the forests of northeast France, where you'll find me on a camping holiday looking for wildlife and also curious stories in an area I've never been to before. So, bienvenue and on y va. And join me afterwards in the podcast studio for our weekly roundup of plod news. And plot chat. That fizzing you can hear is electric power lines crackling with energy. I'm walking up a dusty track, sort of gravel track, of wildflowers around and through a sort of heathy. Um, scrubby, lots of bracken, some a few planted conifers, but I'm heading towards a forest, a proper forest, a French forest, because I'm in the Ardennes on a little camping holiday, but which so I thought it'd be quite fun to just have a little, little taste of a French forest, see what wildlife is out there. Hopefully some new things. Hopefully some intriguing encounters. I have no idea what to expect. Although the buzzing of uh, French electricity lines is quite eerie. I'm heading away from the little road. Probably hear a few cars. 
but um, along this track, which is a proper forest track, there are these white umbellifers, I think it's either yarrow or pignut, and they are covered in hoverflies, lots of white butterflies everywhere, small whites. It's quite a still day, it's very hot, super hot, it's been hot every single day. So it's looking, we're talking 30 degrees plus. So I'm looking forward to just keeping to the edge of the woods and staying in a bit of shade. Hopefully encountering some of the Ardennes denizens. The Ardennesans. Yeah, lots of crickets and grasshoppers susurrating. Don't know all these there's hawkweeds and thistles and clovers. Very much late summer wildflowers. A crunch of a stick. So there'll be deer and there'll be wild boar. France has a huge population of wild boar. Very much part of the local culinary tradition, so there's lots of wild boar. Sausages and pâtés other delicious things if you're into eating wild boar. We're now heading into thick conifer woods here, which I hope will break up into something a little more, more deciduous. There's lots of oak trees and birch trees that make up the majority of these forests. It's suddenly much cooler and darker as the path winds through conifer woods. water but no food. I'm hoping that I will be able to do a sort of circle back to the campsite through these woods. Not sure what that bird is. But I've been recording in the campsite loads of nuthatches, woodpeckers and marsh tits. Marsh tits are the most common bird. Not a common bird in the UK. In fact declining rapidly. But here, in these woods, very much the uh, very much the bird of the day, bird of the moment. I don't know much about the Ardennes. It's a bit of a random choice for a holiday. Sort of last-minute dash for a bit of life on the continent. Just going underneath some lovely beech trees here. A big sort of sonic boom. I wonder what that was. Uh, so talking about sonic booms and booms in generally and booms in general. Oh yeah it's an aircraft you can hear it now. Um, one of the the only times I've really heard about the Ardennes region or read anything about it is in terms of the Second World War, where when war was sort of declared between France, Germany and Britain in autumn of 1939, there was a bit of a phony war because the French had their defences lined up and had the bigger army and more tanks, I believe. And uh, they had their fortified sort of line called the Maginot Line which was deemed to be enough to put the Germans off 
However, the and it was the Ardennes region was seen to be too wooded, too not not enough roads, too many rivers. The big river Meuse flows through here. Um, so these steep wooded valleys. They didn't think that an army would invade there, so only light, it was only lightly defended. And that's where the main German attack came in the spring of 1940 and took the Allies, Allies by surprise and was pretty much led to the fall of France because once the panzer divisions were through the Ardennes, they could spread out quite quickly and get behind the French armies. I mean, it's a story that's been well told many times, but uh, this region has that sort of significance that they took, they took their eye off it, the defenders, and the panzer divisions came through. So, so peaceful and quiet though today, you can't imagine the awful sound of tanks, these horrible engines and the, just the noise of them and the kind of demonic Whenever you see films that depict those, or, or even sort of footage, terrifying, must have been terrifying. And of course, sort of later in the war, I think, was it early 1945? I might need to be corrected on that, because I don't have any phone signal to check. Uh, there was, when the Allies were clearly winning in Western Europe, and the Russians were approaching Germany from the east. The Nazis threw one last sort of counterpunch again through the Ardennes. So, oh, there's a bird on the path ahead. I have to get my binoculars out. I think it's a jay. It's a clump of leaves. I have seen a lot of jays. They're shrieking, squawking cries. Butterfly, speckled wood comes past me. So a lot of the wildlife is very familiar here. But yeah, the Battle of the Bulge, which was where the, it was thought that the German army in the west was exhausted and, and on the verge of collapse. But they launched a sort of surprise counterattack again through the Ardennes recapturing a lot of land. It was a sort of, it was, horror, it was a horrible battle. But um, it did mean that the, the Germans expended their sort of final reserves in the West. So possibly accelerated the end of the war when the battle was finally won. But it was a, I think it came as an almighty shock to the, to the Americans and the British and, the, and their allies. So uh, this area, famous for for war I'll just have a listen now <laughs> distant wood pigeon a distant great tit I'm just going to bend the path is sweeping around a bend and there's a kind of interesting looking path straight on into the woods so tempted to take it, but I, but I don't have a map, and I'm quite a long way from my campsite. I 
don't really know. Uh, I could easily get lost and never be found again. We'll see where this path takes me. Just come across some, well, it must be wild boar poo. Maybe it's definitely something that's been eating a lot of blackberries anyway. Sort of long tubes of purple with the shiny seeds in it. So maybe that's a sign that very little, very little moving. Well, this time of the year, even the trees are beginning to turn. There's not a lot of life in the forest. There's not a lot moving at the moment. All the birds are, have done their breeding and they're now sort of enjo enjoying the sort of fruits of, the, of autumn. There'll be lots of insects to eat, lots of berries, lots of seeds, lots of nuts. So a whole load of things to feed up and get themselves. Some will be migrating, some will have gone already, and some will just be gorging themselves, particularly the youngsters, will be their first. Some will be just gorging themselves. A time of plenty and a time of perhaps not so much. Uh, you know, this is fewer demands on them. Of course, there'll be predators and they'll have their own young to feed. And I've definitely seen buzzards here and heard the calls of hawks of some description, possibly sparrowhawks. How silent it is, though. In this quiet woodland, you should be able to hear uh, well, the tapping is nut hatch. So, open, trying to open a nut and the hatch. There we go. There. So that is a nut hatch. It wedges the nut into the bark of a tree. I've seen it so many times. And these, um, I'm walking through these silver birches and oaks where they've got deeply fissured bark, so plenty of crevices to wedge the nut in. And then it uses its hatchet-like bill to, um, to try and, uh, well, crack it open, make a hole, get to the kernel. nut hatchet. Just heading down a muddy part, well I say muddy, it's totally dry in this hot weather. But I'm hoping this will take me down to a lake and we'll see what we can see down there. Sounds like siskins. No. Not siskins. Well, it's well, difficult to work out. It's so much harder. It's harder working out bird song in uh, foreign lands where there are many different birds. There's a 
particularly persistent bird that sounds like a stone chat right beside my tent. And just all the time. And as far as I can work out, it is something called a zitting cysticolor. I hope I got that right. But the zitting is definitely what it does. A sort of rather unremarkable bird, but with um, a very weak flight, but with a, a call that sitting does sum it up quite nicely. So I'm going to descend on this path and see see where I end up. It's very shady, which is a nice, which is a relief because I. I don't think I'd want to walk too far in the sun, the full sun. There's a wood pigeon took off ahead. Not expecting to find anyone in the woods, I suspect. We'll see. I hope I end up somewhere. I'm descending, so this should bring me to the lake. to an area where there are loads of birds. There are definitely chaffinches here. That's soft. There's not hatches. Those soft calls. Yeah, I can see not hatches scurrying up and down the oak tree trunks. like a bullfinch's call. That's a nuthatch. Electric. Electric sound. into the treetop so it's alive with birds. Chaffinches not hatches and a bird I don't recognise. It's interesting why the birds were in that particular spot I just don't know. It was it was really curious. by the side of the path, glistening in the sunshine, a piece of quartz, the size of a cow's head, beautiful, I'd take it home if, if I could carry it, but it's too heavy, what a beautiful thing, I don't know how it's got there because there's no sign of any other quartz around, 
this fellow, it's like a sunken path. Getting a bit muddier now, because there has been rain in recent weeks in this area. I'm totally out of my walking comfort zone when I'm in a forest like this. So I'll give, give you a little, it's of old coppice here, maybe. Um, what have we got? Hazel definitely here as we descend into the valley bottom. It's quite dark, there's sort of wood ferns, it's not bracken, they're much more delicate. Uh, lots of seedling oak trees everywhere, which is lovely to see. So there are oak trees, there are a tree I don't recognise, the teeth, toothed leaves. Maybe a type of elm. Yeah, that's a type of elm. Looking at the seeds, the papery seeds on the ground. There's a lot of birches here. And a curious deadly nightshade type plant. It isn't, but with blackberries that are not appealing to eat. And I think I know what that is, but it's one of the sort of buckthorns or black buckthorn of some older buckthorn I think it is. Just a little shrub along the path side. Again, out of my comfort zone. Something's roaming through the trees. There's a deer. A deer just went. Yeah. You might have heard it's running through the woods. I think we'll hear more. I can hear large mammals stirring. So it looks like we're coming out onto a more official path now. And you can hear running water of a little streamlet. Might be worth just scanning up and down this path to see if there's any boar or deer. Ah, yeah, rootling of wild boar here. That's really interesting. So, something I've seen in the Forest of Dean. Grassy areas which have all been torn up as the boar have looked for um, grubs and roots and things like that. Let's have a look. We're on this path. I'm on, coming onto a nice broad path. Uh, there are foxgloves here. Lots of little yellow flowers in the grass, which I think is tormentor. And there's some heathers. Oh, and there's someone running. And there's a path down, which I think must be down to the lake. So I'm going to follow this route. It's funny. Man running. Okay. It says... Petitists, attention, Fort Monte, tough climb. So maybe uh, cyclists or runners. It's a hard climb. I think I see the lake ahead. Just down through the trees. I'll stay on this upper path so see if we see more wildlife. The lake is my destination. I've been wondering for an hour or so, but I'm just enjoying now, just 
these big oaks, big oaks sort of beside the, oh something's moving in the woods here, ah oh, it's a blackbird, two blackbirds, I think blackbirds can often give the impression of being, being as they rummage in the leaf litter, they sort of give an impression of being an animal much bigger than themselves. Listen out for them next time you're on a walk and curious like the way they methodically forage and hunt for things under the leaves. It's a bit like footsteps or something stalking I think. These oak trees have got sort of powdery mildew on their leaves. Some of them, there's one type, one type of oak. There's several types of oak here. This thing's scurrying in the undergrowth, but I suspect it's blackbirds again. Distant dogs. So on the far side of the lake is a little beach resort, which is where the campsite is. And uh, that's definitely the where the dogs are barking. Dragonfly, or damselfly, green damselfly settles on the end of an, end of an oak branch. Two of them. I bet they're aware of each other. They're just sort of sunbathing. Maybe they're newly hatched, that's why they're so dull coloured and maybe they'll turn brighter. As they strive, there's another one. There's loads of them actually. Now I look at the, this oak tree, it's covered in damselflies or seem to be drying themselves in the sun. Deer, I see more deer. Stopped. Oh my word. Beautiful. Just ghosting through these woods. So deer in France have more to be scared of than deer in Britain. Whereas there are no natural predators of deer in the UK. Unless you count the car. Which apparently kills 75,000 road accidents a year in the UK are caused by collisions with deer. Which is an astonishing number. So for ecologists, the car represents a predator of the deer even if it's an accidental predator. But in France, there are some lynx. There are even wolves. And there is, I think there's a pack of wolves, even in places like Belgium. Belgium's really close from, I should say, the Ardennes, right on the border of France and Belgium. In fact, there's a Belgium Ardennes uh, and French Ardennes. So, well, there could be wolves, but just the presence of predators means that deer are much more restless and less comfortable. So they tend not to, and one of the big problems in the UK is they can browse out a whole woodland of its young trees and low-growing plants and shrubs, wildflowers. And that's really destructive. They have a massive impact on insect life, 
Uh, and things like nightingales rely on thickets of um, thickets of coppice. And if all that gets munched out, there's nowhere for them to nest. So it's a pretty big issue. Whereas in France, if the deer are moving all the time, they don't settle on one area. If they're nervous, if they're wary of predators, even the memory of predators uh, means they're much warier. So you get a kind of Well, less intense browsing. And that, that's good for forests. And it's one of the reasons a lot of rewilders, a lot of conservationists, would like to bring back predators. Not for the glamour of having sort of dangerous and inverted commas wild animals around, but for the impact they have on the wider ecosystem. I'm going to take the next turning down to the lake see what I find down there. There's definitely deer around. I'm sure there are boar around. They could walk for miles and miles and miles in these forests. I'd love to be here in spring because I really would get all those songs of birds that are unfamiliar to me. Whereas now, because the trees are in full leaf here, let me just interview some grasshoppers. They're so shy. They don't want to be interviewed. alive with beetles and ants and it's so much life. I've often on trips to rural France been taken aback by just how incredible the insect life can be. Now I've driven through parts of northern France which are pretty barren and uh, just purely farmed landscapes but uh, I did see a white stork flying across them once you get into the sort of like these park naturels, they call them, uh, which is where I am. That's a funny sounding gold crest. Um, maybe, maybe it's not a gold crest, maybe it's something different. It's got the same K, same, same rhythm, a slightly different cadence to. A funny little bird. Let's see if we can get a bit closer. It's just a funny gold crusty sound. So here's a path down and I can see a flicker of water. What was that? Bits of green woodpeckery. Absolutely thronging with nut hatches. I wonder if there's more than one nut hatch species. In French, the nut hatches. Citelle. That's Jay disapproving of my French pronunciation. Citelle. Citelle. 
was a noisy jay. There's leaves just dropping peacefully through the forest. And a jay, not very peacefully, calling its alarm call. Someone's in my wood. And every other creature in the wood will go, ah, thanks jay. Mr. Jay. So uh, everyone's grateful for the Jay's alarm early warning systems. So the lake ahead is called Le Lac de Vieille Forge, which I think it means the lake of the old forges. I mean, maybe. There's a lot of charcoal burning and a lot of mineral extraction in the Ardennes, judging from a lot of the sort of signs around the place. I've not done a lot of reading about the older history of the Ardennes region. But it's definitely a land of pâtés and Belgian beers and Ardennes, Ardennes that sounds interesting. Somewhere between a woodpecker and a bird of prey. I love it when I hear these sort of strange beckles. There's lots of mushrooms and fungi around at the moment. It's definitely that time of that time of year. I can smell it in the air. I, I bet there are some wonderful places for mushroom foraging. Just a little tiny window at the end of a long avenue of uh, oak, oak trees. Are they oak trees? Yes. But very tall and thin, so they've obviously never been thinned out here. They've just had to grow up. Quite, gosh, I can see fish rising and jumping in the water ahead. And there is a path around the lake shore. And all the fish are here and all the fishermen are on the other bank. Classic. You can see runners and fishermen in their little fishing tents. But yes, there's a lovely path here on the lake shore. It's an artificial lake, a reservoir. Gosh, it's just must be huge shoals of fish because there's just constant rising ripples. Bonjour. 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 So I think... What is that? I'd love to know. Maybe we'll try and work out what it was in the studio later. It's going to a very boggy looking stream crossing here. I think there's a marsh tit above me. Someone has laid some branches across in a very rudimentary dam type bridge thing. But it works. It works. And I'm over. Some cyclists are behind me. So you can see this is quite a well used 
path, this lakeside path, and the forest completely empty. This is the cry of the French cyclist, the male, with young. Bonjour. Yes, a male with young on a first sortie from the nest by the look of things. Watery areas, there's some boggy areas in the path. I wonder if they are places the boar like to come and wallow in. Although there's probably too many people here. It's the wheat of a chaffinch. And they can here ahead a road and the lake is serene very very peaceful no but water no waterfowl as much as far as I can see I think because it's so busy with fishermen and there's so many people on boats further up the lake maybe it's not a particularly good place for stopover for wildfowl. I think my little sojourn into the woods of the Ardennes might be coming to an end. I'll see what turns up. Got some more definitely wild boar wallows to my left here. Just see the footprints and the yeah, it's clearly been a, uh, yeah, muddy water, footprints all around, proper wild bull wallow, quite close to a road, you can hear the cars, and when I hear the cars, I feel the temptation to turn off and return to modernity. So, that was a little taste of the Ardennes Forest and a lovely holiday so peaceful so tranquil a beautiful place to wander around and if you ever get the chance to go there just have uh, there's vast areas i didn't see anyone apart from one runner in hours of wandering through these these beautiful woods and it's lovely to have all that sort of layers of history there and i mean i could have spent a lot more time and i would have found lots of species that i've never seen before so um yeah peace and tranquility in the Ardennes. Talking of peace and tranquility, joined back in the studio after after a few weeks away by Hannah. Hannah, hello. 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 Nice to see nice you. Nice to see your cheeky little face Thank again. Thank you very much. Um, you're looking a lot better. I'm feeling a lot better. Good to have you back. Thank you so much. Um, we don't have Jack this week because no. Jack, Jack's being a busy professional podcaster in, in London somewhere. So, um, but more than, more than lovely to have you back. And um, yeah, it's, um, and 
And what have you been up to? Are you, uh, have you been <laughs> um, sort of, sort of com- and recuperating? Confined to, co- confined Pretty to- much, yeah. So um, well, we'll come, I haven't we'll- been able to walk properly. Mm. So it's been pretty, like, yeah, a serious situation, but uh, I am much better now. So not an awful lot of sightings and happenings mm. for me, mm-hmm. but my body's been working very hard, um, getting me better. So podcasting really takes it out of you. It really does, yeah. Um, before we go any further, I do have a correction and clarification from last week when I was here with Jack. It was a recording that I'd taken on that holiday in the Ardennes uh, of a bird in the campsite because I was camping there. And it was this funny little bird, so I'm going to play it again. I'd never heard it, and I'm so familiar with Britain's, most of Britain's birds. And I did catch a glimpse of it, and it was a bit red starty in looks, mm. so that's kind of darkish above and red tail. And I reckon that's a black red start. Um, so a new one for the podcast. Yeah. Not a totally new one for me, because I have seen them in the UK, but I've never heard them singing. And we're to hear them singing in autumn, so... Clarification. Good to, <laughs> good to, good it's to know. It's important to get our facts straight. And if I'm wrong... Please do email me and Hannah. Uh, <laughs> Hannah will take great delight in, in reading it out. I will, yeah, that will be wonderful. Uh, my email address, the email address for us is editor at countryfile.com. So yes, um, gosh, email us about anything. We love to we love to hear your stories of the countryside and any tales that you've, any walks you've done or things you've seen. Have you seen any strange birds on foreign trips or even recorded them? Yeah, we'd yeah. like to hear those, don't we, Hannah? Have you heard anything that you haven't heard before this summer. We'd love to know about that. Yeah, and if you want us to try and identify stuff, yes. Hannah and Jack are here. <laughs> we'll do our best first and then we'll ask <laughs> <laughs> It's just so much fun because we know that you will enjoy listening to some of our recordings and we do get we do get some lovely... In fact, we've got one in. We've got one in. Uh, Jack's not here with his podcast bag, but I wonder, Hannah, if you could Let delve. me have a go at that. Can you have a good rummage? We've had a few in. Now, last week, I did, we didn't have one because I just rushed back from the ferry to the studio and hadn't had a chance to delve into the, into the bag. But I'm going to pass this over to you. Russell, Russell, Russell. So the email I have here is from Lee Alder in Cardiff, who I believe has been in touch previously. They have. Um, brilliant. Good to hear from you again, Lee. Thanks for, well, regular listener. Thanks for getting in touch. We, we look forward to your, always look forward to your recordings. <laughs> what have we got? So Lee says, this particular recording is something slightly different as it is of a grasshopper. The species in question is a lesser marsh grasshopper. The recording is of the courtship song which the male sings to attract a female. I hope you enjoy hearing it. I'm thoroughly enjoying the podcast. Thank you very much. And I hope to hear from you soon. Well, lovely. Well, let's, thank you, let's, Lee. Let's hear it. Can you, can you press, press play on the let's grasshopper? Let's go. That's lovely. That's really cool. Sort of rasping. Mm, so, it sounds very much like summer. Yeah, it's still summerish, isn't yes. it? We're recording in early September now, so in the UK, for those international listeners, it's it definitely feels autumnal. But there's, I sort of feel the grasshoppers are very late summer insects. Um, in the podcast, you used a word, so instead of it being singing, singing, it's, it's susurrating, susurrating. Yeah, I think I've, I hope that's right, but I think that's the that's the word that's that uh, is used to describe the. The noise because it's not singing. I mean, I know Lee was just sort of paraphrasing, but it's. Do you, do you know how they make their uh, sound? Rubbing of the legs. That's it. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> okay. like violins. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, 
I mean, I only learned this from watching James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> <laughs> but they've got, but each each species has a different song, and I think it would be really fun to kind of try and record. Actually, it's an appeal to everybody out there. Record every grasshopper and let's just play them together. And yes, see. let's make an orchestra. I'm also sending you out as well, Hannah. Okay, so I, I can do that. I know you can walk very slowly at the moment, <laughs> but you can probably overtake a grasshopper. Don't you? Uh, I actually saw a grasshopper. Did you? Yeah, on my way to work. Gosh, this must have been two or three weeks ago. They were oh. just out on the tarmac having a lovely time. Hopping around. Hopping yeah, yes. very rare. Well, let's get their sounds, but yes. um, that's really... Uh, well, I, I love it. It just feels like summer. As you say, it feels like yeah. summer. It's got that Long kind grass. of lazy, sunny afternoon vibe. Picnic. Yes. Yeah. Lee, thank you very much. We will delve into the podcast library and send you something in the next mail out. But yes, don't 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 be shy, everyone else. We, we've got <laughs> all the grasshoppers all, we can find. All the grasshoppers or anything else. I think we should create a kind of a chord with lots of different tones of grasshoppers. It's the sort of thing that Jeremy Pound would enjoy. I uh, think. Jeremy Pound, our, our musical yeah. impresario who helps us out with the podcast from time to time. And get Jack to hook it up to some sort of keyboard system so he can play the notes. This is next level yes. podcasting. I like it. <laughs> I like it. We've got to be ambitious. We so, can do our new jingle. I'm going to be grasshoppers. Yeah, true, true, true. We can. Yeah, I like it. Well, we can. Um, <laughs> you, well, you said you've seen a grasshopper. Yes. Uh, and no, we've referred to your incarceration. <laughs> uh, Hannah's been in prison. <laughs> um, so, anything else to report? Well, um, uh, one of the days uh, when I was able to kind of walk around a little bit, this was still in my house. So I've got mm. quite big windows, and they were open in quite a large way. They open like a lot, and so. Things sometimes fly in to say hello to me, oh, really? which is always very pleasant. Um, but the thing last week was a red-legged wasp. Oh, don't think I know. Genuinely you do. a terrifying object. Like I have never seen one before. They are massive. They must have been like an inch and a half long. The scariest looking wasp I've ever seen. Does it have a long sort of stingy type yeah. type um, overpositor? I think it's called with the egg laying thing. I think it is. It looked. With very... Pointy. Yeah, okay. And its little antenna were going everywhere. Oh, I know the thing. I yeah. do know the thing. I'm oh. still trying to work out what, what it... So, and, and red legs, presumably. Red legs, yeah. <laughs> um, Probably harmless. Yeah, almost certainly harmless, but they don't look harmless. Mm. And also, red makes you feel like it's going to be something that's going to hurt you. Mm. So... Um, so you didn't eat it? I did not eat it. Oh, well, it worked then. <laughs> <laughs> it's, its powers of... of <laughs> Of distraction yes, and yes, I was, dissuasion. It was. I was the powers of dissuasion. I was dissuaded. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good sighting. Yeah. I like that. Maybe we should get a photo of one and put it on our, yes. our Facebook feed. And that's my. Actually, that leads on to my sightings, which last night just streams of swallows going over the garden because uh, last night was a rosé in the garden sort of, of evening. Was, yes. Um, that's not every night, but just when it's warm and sultry and just you sort of feel like you've done a hard day's work. Yeah, just sitting out, chatting, and this twittering overhead, and one after another, little clumps of them all going in the same direction. And it felt like someone just draining the plug on summer. It was evocative oh, yeah. sadness of, of disappearing. They're so wonderful. It's the most I've seen in a day, I think, but they were just passing through Abergavenny. So where they'd come from and whither they were going. Well, we know where they're going, South Africa. We wish them well. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, so end of days for swallows, but mm. lovely sound. And I wish I'd recorded them because it's, they were just Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Maybe they were all sort of excited about going hmm. for their, their winter holidays. Yes. Yeah, it's been, uh, I've got some pond news. Go pond, ahead. Uh, it hasn't been pond news. news for a while. 
There's been some invaders in my pond. Oh, no. Um, and I've, I've brought two of them. Always full of stuff you don't want. <laughs> I've brought two of them in. Oh, no. <laughs> so what I have here is, well, I did, they're pairs. I did have one for e- each of you, but Jack's not here. So you're going to have to have... A pair of pairs. Two pairs, <laughs> which is a mediocre... Oh, uh, they're beautiful. So they're like, sorry, you can hear the rustling as I get they them out of the bag. They are absolutely gorgeous. They're gigantic. They are massive Thank pairs. Thank you so much. I don't think I can hold them in one oh, hand. Hold on. Oh, oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. So you can have two pears, and they keep falling off the pear tree, which hangs over the pond. And in the, and weirdly, they look like these sort of gigantic dead fish. <laughs> so I come out in the morning, get a little heart attack. What the heck? Oh, it's just another, <laughs> just another pear. Just another pear. Well, do they float? Or do they they do float, yeah. And then sometimes they get eaten by, I think, rats or oh. some other rodent. I saw a hedgehog last night. That's the other thing. <laughs> yes, I knew there was another sighting. Oh. I was driving to pick my son up from a late night after school thing. Well, you know, it's not quite uh, for a late night after school thing. And there was one crossed the road in front of me and then it arrived at a very high wall and it looked up and it looked down, looked left and it looked right. It looked at me as I stopped in my car in the middle of the road and it just potted along the wall. I didn't, oh. I didn't see where it went, but it was an amazing thing to... Yes. Forget that they're there still. Yeah. Yeah. So have they been here the whole time? Yes, they're all here. I feel like yeah. I only ever see them in autumn. Yeah, no, they're around. I mean they're always busy, but mm. during the summer they're kind of you know, there's lots to eat. And yeah, okay. Like... So in autumn I don't know. I mean gosh, we we need to know more about hedgehogs. You recorded a hedgehog once, didn't you? Yes, that was Hillary. Hillary the Hedgehog. No, oh, I don't know what mine was called. Oh, no, Horace. it wasn't Hillary. It was Vivian. 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 Vivian's the hedgehog. Hillary is the, the rat. Uh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Good to know. Um, so that I mean that's it. So so we've got pears. I've got a very very productive garden at the moment. Tomatoes, pears, all sorts of veg. Your tomatoes haven't got blight. No, no, very very good. Everyone tomatoes. I know has got blight. Really? Okay, except for you. They're magnificent tomatoes. Well yeah, I, I it's it's been a weird year. It's been hot. It's been rainy. Mm. Uh, but it's been good for the good for the veg patch. I hope you enjoy those. Thank you um, so much. They're absolutely beautiful. You know the trouble with pears though. They're only ripe for like 10 seconds. <laughs> so do we think these are ready? Um, I'm not going to say any more on the matter. And maybe we should bring this lovely chat to a close. But I hope you enjoyed our little sojourn. There we go. French word. <laughs> um, I hope you enjoyed our little sojourn across across the channel. And we've had we've been all over the place lately. I mean, not metaphorically, but literally. We've been Scotland, we've been Northern Ireland, we've been France. Next week, do you know what we're doing? We're going on a hike. Oh my goodness, yes. Yes, well, I'm not going on a hike because no, you're yes, still I'm not, recovering. In, not in condition to hike. Looking forward to, to that. But for now, um, Hannah, great to have you back. Thank you so much. Thank you to the Ardennes for having me. And please do join us again next week for, well, as I say, another lovely adventure, a hike. And more adventures all the way from now till Christmas. But thanks so much for listening and goodbye.